Sam. I am Minnie Leslie, bringing you your mealy, 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 super mealy episode. Tiniest episode <laughs> you've ever seen. This is tiny. It's tiny. It's, it's tiny. Yeah. It's on your screen or on Spotify. It's going to be the tiniest of things. I'm surprised you could even click it. It's so small. It's yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. no. <laughs> Did I click it? It's like when you're trying to like exit from like ads on a screen and then you end up actually clicking the ad and you're like, fuck, no, no. Now I got all these pages of porn up there. God damn it. I didn't open them. I didn't open them. I didn't do it. That was an ad I accidentally clicked. Absolutely. 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 Pornlutely. Okay. Turn this off, mom. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Well, today... We're going to do a little celebration of those good old classic directors. Yes. Action. Action. Because, you know, I mean. Cut. I'm an asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, the director, in, in case you don't know what the director does on set. Yeah, um, I, 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 it's I essentially their vision. You know, the, mm-hmm. this movie, this ship that is a uh, production is captained by the director. It's it's their vision. They're the one who's interacting with the actors to get the right performance, working with the cinematographer to get the right shots of the moods that they want to invoke. Um, So at least creatively, it pretty much all goes back to the director and all the creative decisions go through the director to uh, get to their final vision. Um, So that's why there's so much emphasis and importance uh, held over the director's head. Yes. You know, very highly... Um, respected uh, position on a movie set, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so today we thought we would just highlight a couple directors that we really like and just talk about them a little bit. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about them. So um, how about you? What are, what are some of the directors that you think of? The ones that I think of, um, it, it's one person that is freaking weird and I don't know, I mean... Now I feel like he's respected and looked at um, just because his style is very niche. Mm. Uh, David Lynch. David Lynch. He, I just think the storytelling that he does through his cuts and editing is so phenomenal. You can kind of create your own interpretation of the film. Um, And I really like that. I really like that he doesn't give a fuck about trying to make a movie that has existed before yeah you know um and sometimes it is frustrating that you don't understand what's going on fully um or that the acting all of a sudden becomes a different thing during some of the scenes and then totally different other scenes so then you don't get quite a interpretation of the character but again the storytelling that happens is just phenomenal and he is he, you've kind of already talked about it, but he's unapologetic. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't, he doesn't, give he doesn't give a shit about, he makes the projects that he wants to make and he makes them 
how he wants to make them. Mm-hmm. Who cares about story structure? Absolutely. Who cares about, you know, like any story art, <laughs> story art any semblance of that? Like he, um, I look at David Lynch as more of, everyone's an artist, you know, mm-hmm. in this, but he's like a, a true artist where he's like pushing limits and he's like experimenting with things and making things that he finds artistically pleasing, which how can you not respect exactly. that? Exactly. You know? And I think for a person to have created whatever the fuck he wanted and to be this successful and respected is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it like he then opened up a door for people to then just, I don't know, just, just do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want. And um, the movie that really got me into, obviously, Twin Peaks is um, my, my, my route to David Lynch, but also Blue Velvet. I don't know why that movie just was so resonating to, to me. I just really liked Blue Velvet. It's wild. And I like the, the song. She wore blue. It's very off kilter. It's very unhinged at points, um, but it all—it feels like an expression. You know, it feels yes. like um, like he really wanted to have a feeling come across, and feelings definitely do come across oh, in that yes. movie. Um, and uh, all of his films are very much, you know. You're never going to find a David Lynch film that's like a studio David Lynch film. He would never do that. Mm-mm. He's too um, rebellious of a filmmaker yeah. to ever let a studio tell him what to do or what no. to make. And then I think if somebody does do that, then he would definitely do a movie the like with the opposite. Exactly. Everything. Just to be like, fuck you. And like another thing about him is that like... Um, we just recently talked about actors and how we like admire good acting and what that entails for us. But like, he's not afraid to like grab people that are not really great, you know, or known. And he just makes a shit, you know? And I can tell that sometimes those actors are being told how to say things because he has a very specific way that he wants the characters to come up like through because uh what's the in twin peaks and on dune what's the actor's name uh kyle mclaughlin yes not great nope not great in these films uh ish but also i think it was just like the way that david wanted him to act and he was like okay i can do that so then he did and mainly became really really famous mulholland mulholland drive Mahal and Rav. Yeah. And he was in Blue Velvet as well mm-hmm. and Twin Peaks. And I think you're right. Like, he's... He likes him. David he Lynch likes, likes him, him, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's all that he's concerned about. What a fantastic... To be somebody's muse. You know? Like, to, to just be cool. getting called from these people. Mm-hmm. And just have a job. Yeah. It's very... <sighs> very... Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, hey, sweet. Well, and it also comes down to just like, we work together well. You know, Mm -hmm. they probably work great together and can get along and just know what each other needs as far as um, uh, creatively, you know? So why wouldn't we just make a bunch of movies together? Exactly. That's, I mean, you see that a lot with certain directors. They bring actors back to 
work with them because especially they, they have their own studio. Oh yeah, you know mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Definitely Martin Scorsese. We see him. Quentin Tarantino. We see these guys work with the same actors over and over and over again because they trust them, and and that's partly of what filmmaking is: is having a certain amount of trust for your actor, your director, your producer, your editor, your cin- everyone has to trust that everyone's mm-hmm. going to do the job. So it's nice when you know you can trust when you can get that someone and not have to really yeah. like dig know, it out, dig it out. It. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Um, I guess my first uh, director that I kind of wanted to mention is uh, a newer director. Oh, wow. I wonder who you're going to say. I'm going to say Ari Aster, <laughs> director of Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far. So far. And I mean, I think that to have a director kind of hit the scene with two movies and we already, or at least I feel like I already know exactly the type of movies yeah. I'm getting myself into when I'm going to an Ari Aster film. It's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. he's so, he's already so set into his style, but also he's at the beginning of his career. So his style can evolve beyond this is mm-hmm. very exciting to see. Um, and he's a person who I always talk about intentional filmmaking um, and knowing exactly what you're putting in there he seems he does that you know between like his camera movements and even the set design um and how he has his actors perform he knows what he's trying to say oh yeah and he knows exactly what he wants to get out of these shots and 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 the feeling that he wants us to feel and i mean at least from the just the first two movies that he's made he does it very well chef's kiss my god are they well done well acted, well everything, yeah. everything. It's and it's just, just like, what I also love in movies is the watchability. He throws so much in there so without much. it being in your face that you can watch it so many times and be like, holy shit, I didn't even notice that thing sitting on the back table that I, relates to this I thing later. I just love grabbing those things and I'm like, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. I, I see you. I see you. Yeah, it's just like film discussion, <laughs> you know, popcorn everywhere. You know, you can take a bit of everything and just dissect it. Yeah, yes. it's like that scene Give in, it to us. in Willy Wonka when you walk into the the candy room and you can take a bit of everything. Yeah, everywhere. you can grab this flower and uh, drink the contents inside and ow, eat everything. it too. Everything is digestible because everything feels intentional. Everything yeah. feels like he put it in there. He put that in the frame. That word was spoken for a reason. Um, and it's awesome. It's really cool to see that person at the beginning of their career already have such a good handle I'm on excited it. excited for his... My God, where's it going to go? Oh, my God. Also, oh, another one I want to definitely mention because, God damn it, he is also fantastic. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. My Lord. Yep. God damn. I mean, talk about, like, having a... Um, having social commentary. Oh. My God. Yeah. Can't wait for Nope. Yep. Because who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I was afraid of us in the sense that I didn't know how gory it was going to be. It didn't get there for me. Mm-mm. Which was like, I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's going to step uh, forward to that kind of genre 
Well, I think at least for... I trust him as a filmmaker now to... If it needs to go there, if the story is benefiting from that, he'll do it. Oh, absolutely. But in the films that he's made so far, the holding back of, like, gore and stuff like that has almost... It's been it's been totally fine, you know, because those movies don't need it. We're getting enough of this like eeriness and creepiness that he's building and this social commentary that's being like woven into every single choice that he makes too so well. Again, without it feeling so in your face mm-hmm. and like nail on the head of like what he's trying to say that it all just works so well together. And Get Out and Us, I feel like, can be such a long conversation of what is he really trying to say yeah Uh, because he doesn't lay it out there plainly he feeds you these like nice little bits here and there through the whole film to make you have to think and make your own decisions but what a great also like there's always you know those tropes those character tropes and always the brown people are the ones that die first Mm -hmm. and now for them to be the main characters and for them to be the heroes of their own story is is so pleasing to watch and it's sad that it's taken this long Mm -hmm. you know but my gosh is he doing a fantastic job and also he's he's providing that platform while also commenting on the fact that it has taken so long for that Mm -hmm. for this to come to be you know so he's flipping things on their head and like pointing them out um in such a smart way yeah too um i need more women directors in horror yeah 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 well maybe uh and he uh and jordan peele speaking of him he gave um i cannot remember the name of the director of Candyman, but black female uh director highest grossing i think film for an opening weekend um in history directed by a black female that that was Candyman, and he was uh, he he wrote it and he was a producer on it um so he is not only pushing it as an art but pushing filmmaking as um social commentary Mm -hmm. and you know we're having these discussions because he is a filmmaker and is making these movies, which is great. I mean, that's yeah. beyond art, you know, that's making a change in society. Yeah. So it's very cool. Very, very awesome. Um, another person that I want to mention, I'll go back a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Wes Craven a little bit. He, uh, writer, or actually, I don't know if he wrote it, but he was the director of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. Um, so he is one of the creators of Freddy Krueger. And kind of that whole, almost like the kickoff of slasher movies. He's one of the forefathers, you know, of <laughs> horror. Um, oh. But then, you know, he comes back almost 15 years later after um, kind of setting the genre rules. And comes back with Scream and takes all those rules that he set up in the 80s. And then flips them on their head to make it, you know, even like to turn up the genre a little bit. And mm-hmm. he celebrates the genre there too, um, by making it a little more tongue in cheek. Um, and something that I also appreciate about him is he always does practical effects as well. Very mm-hmm. big fan of practical effects. Um, 
And so I just appreciate him for just being a, a staple in the horror genre, it's like almost from the beginning. And he died, I think, in, in the early 2010s. Um, but he was making movies up until he died. So Damn. he's just one of those guys who's just stuck around and pushed the genre and, and cared about the genre. Um and celebrated the genre when maybe people didn't take it as seriously, yeah. but he always did. But like, imagine also like doing, like creating something and then you might not notice that you're creating rules within this like genre. And then uh, you start seeing that other people are kind of like getting the same things, like using the same tropes or whatever. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, no, 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 this is not what I meant to do. So then you create something else, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of be like, no, guys, like... I've been there, done that. Yeah, go and discover how to, you know, uh, bend all of the... I don't know, like... Bend it and push it to new places. Yeah. Try Again, kind of like David Lynchy. He's not as crazy experimental as he is, but mm -hmm. he definitely is one to push the genre to places that we haven't thought of before. Um which I always can appreciate that because that just, that's going to continue to evolve filmmaking in general. I just remembered. I didn't mention on our favorite movies. Okay. I totally forgot about my ultimate favorite movie. Whoa. What? Which is her. 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 <laughs> because I'm going to mention... <clears throat> And director who I thought directed that movie, oh. or I can see them directing it. Uh, Yargos Lanthimos. Okay. Um, he's a Greek director, mm -hmm. and my God, do I love everything he's coming out with. I haven't seen, I think, Dogtooth, but um, uh, The tooth. Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer is what like, really cemented my love for this person. And again, I... Um, I kind of thought that, like, he had directed that movie when it first came out, but then I, like, looked up his, you know, his list, and, uh, yeah, it, it's not him. Her is directed by some guy Spike that, like... Spike Jones. Yeah, yeah, Spike Jones. Um, also, very cool like, director. Yeah, I'm like, cool, all right. Yeah. Awesome. But, yeah, uh, Yargos, I really, really like his style. Mm -hmm. And he's another person that likes to keep with the same actor which is what's his name uh, Colin Farrell yes yeah. Colin Farrell yeah. which is crazy he's the penguin in Batman <laughs> yeah it's true and I totally forgot and Adam did like did not recognize him no not at all like practical effects insane. like they added insane stuff but my god I was like Ugh. Yeah, gross yeah gross but. Well, and Yargo, um, going back to him, he's another one of these guys that feels like he's just doing <clears throat> what he wants to do. His movies are definitely a little off kilter, a little strange, but that's because I think he's lending what he wants into films and just being unapologetic about the it. The concept of the lobster. Yeah. You know, to some people, well, I mean, it is a very unsettling thought, but if you don't find... That there's this program that if you don't find the love of your life, you can choose the animal that you want. Because mm -hmm. maybe in that sense, you'll be able to have somebody. Yeah. 
or something. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know how hopeful that movie is, but, uh, it's, yeah, many of it's fun. Movies are no. Hopeful. Very and I void of hope. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. I love it. Very dystopian, but like near future where it's like not, it's not out of the realm of pop possibility, but it's still yes. weird. Mm -hmm. It's still weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the last one that I really wanted to mention, um, this kind of, there's like two that kind of like go hand in hand and I like them for the same reasons. It's Stanley Kubrick. Um, but also yeah. I wanted to mention James Wan, um, because I like them for the same reasons. Um, and that is both of them are very intentional filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Um, and both of them use camera movements incredibly well. Uh, Stanley Kubrick is a, I mean, he invented the Steadicam all mm -hmm. that, uh, practically. So that like panning or following behind people or in front of people, I always associate with him. He was also a super massive stickler um, for production design, for colors and for what's in frames. And um, I mean, perfectionist almost to a fault too, where people were, you know, got their feelings hurt and people were like sometimes verbally abused by him. If it wasn't his way, Yikes. he was like that kind of like perfectionist. A little OCD. Yes. Very much OCD yeah. and pushing things past the limit. That's okay. Um, yeah. I haven't heard the same about James Wan, but he is also very similar where colors and camera movements and um, things within the frame and moving through spaces, very similar. Uh, very meticulous and um remind me what um movie so he made done? he made saw uh mm -hmm. he also did insidious and the conjuring yes. Yes, um yes. and insidious 2 and in conjuring 2 um and uh most recently uh, malignant which all of those movies i absolutely love the camera movements the filmmaking um because everything is so intentional you know he Everything has to be plan so planned out because the camera's moving through the space so specifically mm -hmm. that he has, there's no way that he's not kind of OCD and kind of a, you know, perfectionist in his filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, and those two guys, like, I can respect them for wanting to get their films to that level of perfection yeah. because they do have very good visions, very good, um, incredible cinematic minds to then uh, translate into actual film. And how satisfying must it be to have maybe been working on this story or just like envisioning this movie in your head for freaking years and then for it to actually be produced and you have it physically and you're like, damn, I mean, you won't be always like a hundred percent satisfied with what you do because you will always you're like a creator so you're like on creative mode all the time especially for your little babies but like man how gratifying it must feel i hope so because i can definitely see the other side too where it's like when you get to that level of like being meticulous and being a perfectionist is anything good enough like exactly. is like and i also think that some of the best um directors are the ones who are never satisfied with like their work because then they are they take that and then bring it with them to the next movie to make that even better and even better and even better 
Mm. Sometimes, I mean, it can, it seems like a somewhat maddening it is. experience yeah. to be like, I'm not satisfied with this for this reason. I'm going to do it next time. And then next time something happens for you to be like, I'm going to do this next time. It's like never ending. And speaking of, I'm just going to mention one more director, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh boy. I love him very much. Um, and also just kind of, you know, I love the fact that he's uh, Mexican and he's very successful. Mm -hmm. um, and again, in talking about somebody who's very intentional in what he's doing. And I like fell in love with him even more uh, for Nightmare Valley. Yeah. I just really like that film. Yeah. I, can't, I haven't stopped thinking about it since we watched it. Um he is a visionary. Last He's an absolute visionary. And I think that... The colors, yep. uh, the costumes, the incredible. acting that he hires and the practical effects and sets. Oh my God, everything is just so pleasing to watch. It all lends back to the world that he's trying to build. Mm -hmm. Everything feels so... Even if it is high fantasy sometimes... It feels like it fits so well within this world that he builds within the films. And then us as the audience can commit so hard to being in that world because everything feels so authentic mm -hmm. in these in these films. Because he takes it seriously and he, he makes those decisions purposely. I, yeah, I, I'm glad that yeah. you mentioned him because he is Great. just so freaking good and a, a visionary and he's... Especially within the horror genre, he's like, you know, people always talk about Guillermo's monsters, you know? And yeah. He's a monster. He's a monster creator. He's he so good at making these monsters. He loves it. He loves it. Loves it. And I was like looking him up the other day. I mean, I wanted to get his email <laughs> to get in contact with him. Del Toro um, at Hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bull Man and at... <laughs> And he was uh, born and raised and went to school in in Guadalajara. And I, like, I was just like, oh, fucking, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I was looking up the university that he went to and then, like, this, like, festival that he has sponsored and, and donated money to. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, like, to have been able to, like... I don't know. I guess I didn't take any film classes, especially not makeup. Um, so there's a genuineness there, I think, about him, and like a genuineness in the fact of he seems like a genuine person, but also he seems like he genuinely, absolutely loves the things that he's mm -hmm. doing and loves every film that he makes, and you can feel that care that he has for the monsters that he's creating and the worlds that he's building, and Again, he's unapologetic for it. He's making what he loves. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard not to appreciate that. It really is. It really is. Damn. Oh, man. Guillermo. Wow. All, these, all these people, I, I really do. I really do like all the... And we had a quite a different kind of gambit of, of movies. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, directors. Awesome. Yes, directors. You're doing it. Keep doing your jobs. Thank you. Thank um, you. If, Guillermo, if you see this, can you hire me? Send over the Argos? email. Yes. Please. Any of these guys. Please. Please. Um, anyways. Well, anyway. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Um, you know where to find me at Instagram. Color me Leslie. And me at Beep Beep Richie T. Bye. bye. 
and also the Deadlights Pod. That's yes. us. Also check yes. out the Playground Social, uh, which is a studio that we're recording this at. Right here. Right, right, right now. Right, right now. But until next time. Let's, let's get, get mini, mini spooky. spooky. Oh, we are mini directors. We are directors. Oh, and I'm going to throw a cup at you.